and you're listening to the Life in Paradise podcast with me, Brandon. Have you ever flown with someone in a small plane? I always ask them the same question, and not everyone has answered it. People have tried, but not everyone's given me like a real answer. So when you're flying and you, you need to talk to Tower or someone else, they always start the sentence with the word and. You say your tail number or whatever, and then and then your purpose. And all my buddies say, and Cessna 187, Bravo Juliet, blah, 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 blah. And then Tower talks back to them, and then they continue the conversation. But the first word is always and. I'm not sure why. Somebody please tell me. You're listening to the Life in Paradise podcast, coming at you as frequently as possible, aka whenever I get around to it. And I'm just a guy that used to live in Texas, sold my business and moved to San Juan del Sur, Nicaragua where we operate a sailboat charter business. And when I say we, I mean myself and my two dogs and my business partner, Zach. And I've been here for about a month now, but uh, living here full-time, I guess. I've been traveling back and forth for about four years. And uh, the purpose of this podcast is just to tell everyone, you know, what it's like down here, what we do for fun, what's frustrating, what's awesome, what's cheap, what's expensive. And hopefully you guys can live vicariously through me. If you want to learn more about us, you can check out our website, N-I-C-A-S-A-I-L-A-N-D-S-U-R-F.com. com. I'd like to take a second to thank our sponsors today, or our main sponsor, Fountain Peugeot. They make sailing yachts, and we've just gotten word that they're going to be giving us a brand new 60-foot catamaran. Uh, we're super excited about it. It should be here within the next month or two. So if you get a chance, uh, go to Fountain Peugeot's website and send them an email. Tell them thanks. We really appreciate it. It's a four or five million dollar boat and uh, we're super pumped about it. Um, anyway, that's it for the commercials. Let's get started. Now I come and go as I please From down here up north and in between but baby, it's a shame Cause I always feel the same When I can't see Texas from here I can't see Texas from here No matter how I try It makes me want to die So if you see me looking down I'm trying not to show this frown Cause I can't see Texas from here My friend was the king of country music that we know as George Strait. Who doesn't know who George Strait is? I'll tell you who. Like 99% of this town in Nicaragua. Not, and I'm not even counting the Nicaraguans. I don't expect them to know. But there's a lot of people here from the East Coast and the West Coast and from Canada. And they have no clue who George Strait is. None whatsoever. It's a shame. So this month is going to be all songs that remind me of home. 
which is Texas. So take a good listen. Not that I'm like sad or missing it, but just, you know, it's part of the culture that I grew up in and, and no one here understands that they don't get it. They don't get my jokes. They look at me like I'm weird when I say y'all. And I mentioned Pat Green and they cocked their head sideways like a confused dog. So I'm going to throw a little bit of Texas in the mix this month. It's pretty hot today. I um, woke up this morning. I slept in. Well, I went to bed at like 2.30 this morning and slept in until about... And this was the first night I'd slept without an air conditioner. Probably in two and a half weeks. It's been really hot. But last night it was cool. So I just opened up the doors and the windows and slept. And it was not... But right now it's hot. Like the wind kind of died down. I went up and had uh, brunch this morning at the brewery. The Cerveceria de San Juan del Sur. Yeah, they have delicious brunch. I had a... um, burrito with eggs and chorizo and cheese and beans and i'm convinced that they're one of the top contenders of the best food in town it's not hard to do here but they really do have pretty good food we are in the height of mango season now i think i've mentioned it before but i've got four or five mango trees on the property where i'm living and so you just hear them fall they fall you hear the leaves crashing as they're falling and they hit the ground and they make a little thud well the other day i looked out there well i heard bronco barking at something so i went out there and i looked and what was happening was he was standing there underneath the tree, and as the mangoes would fall through the, the hit the leaves and hit the ground thud, he would turn around and bark at them. And then they fall so frequently that it was happening like once every 15 seconds. And so he would stand there, and one would fall right in front of his face, and he'd bark at it and bark at it. And then a few seconds later, one would fall behind him, and he'd whirl around and start barking at it. And he, it's kept him going for probably 10 minutes, and finally I felt bad for him and called him away, but it was hilarious. He just... Couldn't figure out that they were falling and hitting the ground, and he was determined to get them. Um, I've been working on my residency. Well, I say I've been working on it, but it's a kind of a pain in the butt process. You have to get some stuff from the states, and then you have to get it validated and officialized and probably have to put all kinds of stamps on it. Uh, but I've taken the first steps. I've ordered what I need from the states, and then when I go home, I'm going to bring it back. And then supposedly I've been referred to someone who can have the whole thing done in six months. It costs about 1000 bucks. And so you get your residency, and that gives you the right to get, like, a picture ID. Uh, You can open bank accounts. You can work for people, and you can, I think, take out loans. Uh, I don't know if you can vote or not. Either way, it's it's a milestone when you get it because everyone tries to get it, and not everyone does. And some people spend a lot of money because they have crooked attorneys that don't, you know, they just stretch it out. What what these attorneys do, they call themselves attorneys, but really they go to a school called law school. I think it's like two years. And I think they try to memorize as much of the law that they can. But how the how the really successful ones make money, is, it's, it's all because of who they know. So it's not necessarily because they're a killer trial lawyer or they'll, you know, they, they do the research and find the loopholes. It's just they know the right people to go to to expedite the process. So it's funny that they, they take big pride in being lawyers, but really they're just like a, a fixer. Um, but anyway, so I found one that's been referred to me that um, says that she can do it, you know, six months. I think it's going to cost around $900 or something like that. But it really is a good, uh, it's something that I feel like I should do um, just because I'm you know, trying to play by their rules. And if you can show them that you're trying to play by their rules, they'll leave you alone in other areas. So specifically with the boat, we you know, we catch flack from different agencies whenever it's Christmas time or whenever it's time for someone to get a new uniform, you know, we typically get a fine that's atypical. Um, and so, you know, we're 
taking the boat to Costa Rica every 60 days to show that, you know, just because it's not nationalized, so we're, you know, following their rules. And I feel like that with the residency, the same thing should apply. Like, probably try to follow the rules, get the residency, and then when they try to drop the hammer, I can just show them, you know, hey, I got my residency, I'm trying to do things right. And, you know, I, I, I hate to accuse them of being crooked. It's kind of extortion, but in a legal way. They'll, um, you know, find some little tiny law that you're not following or, some process that you didn't know you needed to follow, and then they'll say, oh, well, you, you know, you're fine, but you have to pay a, a fine first is what they call it. And it's weird. Sometimes they'll want it in the bank, and sometimes they'll want it in cash. And when they want it in cash, you know, everyone knows what's going on. They just don't, don't talk about it. I suspect it's not too different than how things work in the States. So I was driving back home uh, from town the other day, and I, my house is perched up on a little hill, probably a total of 10-minute drive into the center of town, but half the drive, or maybe a little more, is on a dirt road. And it's rough, and it's rocky, and it's dusty. But I was coming home the other day, and I looked up to my right, and I saw a little boy. He was probably five or six. And he was with his mom, and he, I saw him bit, looking at the car, and he, bend over, he bent over to grab a rock. And I've been a little boy, and I've bent over, and I grab rocks. And I knew from the look in his eye that he was thinking about throwing that rock at my, at my galloper. And she's in bad enough shape. I did not want to have to deal with a big rock coming through my windshield. So he reared back and got ready to throw, and I knew it, and I jammed on the brakes, and he had the rock in his hand, and I stopped, and I was looking eye to eye. And I was thinking, like, I don't know how to say in Spanish, do not throw that. So I just looked at him, and he looked at me, and he, I saw him get really scared because the car came screeching to a halt. Like, I hit the brakes, and there's all four tires locked up stopped right in front of him and he looked at me and I looked at him and I looked at the mom and the mom kind of pulled him back towards her like she was you know not like saving him from me but like he was he was kind of in trouble so I saw her do that and I just looked at him and my windows were down so I could see him perfect and I just go no and I wagged my fingers and I go okay and he looked at me and goes nodded his head and goes okay <laughs> and I drove off and I was like I think he got the picture like I, I don't think he'll be throwing rocks anymore, at least not at the Galloper. So uh, Ronnie, the, the caretaker of the place, also cleans the house and, and does laundry for me. The washing machine is out in like a little separate outhouse. And so every week on Monday, I just put my clothes in a uh, laundry basket, stick them outside, and, and he washes them. And the other day, I stuck the clothes in the basket, stuck them out there, and I went, left and I came back Monday afternoon and I was like, hey, Ronnie, uh, can, you, can you wash your clothes? He's like, oh, there's no soap. And I'm thinking to myself, why did you not tell me that when you saw me this morning and you saw my clothes out and you knew that we needed to wash them? Maybe he just forgot. I don't know. Maybe I'm, I'm expecting too much, but it just seems logical that if you see me and you see the clothes and you see me driving out, just say, hey, can you uh, pick up some soap if you want your clothes washed? And, but instead, I had to turn around, go back to town, pick up the soap, and come back. I'm feeling like I'm kind of whining a little bit, but I just wanted him to use a little bit more initiative. Last night, there was a big boxing match. I'm sure everyone knows about it, but it was Floyd Mayweather and Manny Pacquiao, who this country, for some reason, loves Manny Pacquiao. I don't know why. The guy's from the Philippines. I suspect it's because he's got like a Latin name, like Manny could be Manuel, and they can say his last name, Pacquiao. It's easy for them. They have a really tough time saying Mayweather. I won't even try to imitate him. But it, it took me a while to figure out what they were talking about. So anyways, there was a big boxing match last night. And it was everyone knew what was going to be the outcome of this fight. 
They knew that Mayweather was going to dance around him and punch Pacquiao when he could, and he would win by decision after 12 rounds. And everyone knew that going into it, but the Nicaraguans here didn't, didn't understand that, or they had so much faith in Pacquiao, they thought that he was going to win. And so my, uh, the nighttime Quidador Felipe, he was asking me, oh, are you going to watch the fight? And I said, yeah, I'm going to uh, going into to town and watch it you know, with some friends. I was like, you got a TV out there in your little guard shack? And he was like, no, 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 no. So I said, well, why don't you come in here in the house and, and watch TV, you know, watch the fight while I'm gone? He's like, oh, okay. So I set him up in my, in my room, and I turn on the TV, put it on Channel 4, and uh, turn on the AC on full blast, and I think he liked it. He was still sitting in the room watching TV when I got home. The fight was off, but he was still sitting there, but I, I don't care. I think he really appreciated it. Yeah, it's funny here because um, they love boxing so much that the Nicaraguan public TV channels will buy the rights to air the show, and then they'll make their money back in advertisements. So there's no pay-per-view. It's just on you know basic TV. It'd be like CBS at home. But they're, they're so adamant about selling these advertisements, and they plaster them all over the screen. So it'll be like a full-screen view of the fight, and then all of a sudden, like on the left side and the bottom, like a huge bars will come up that have advertisements moving around. And it's so distracting when you're trying to watch a fight. We were all saying, man, we could have pitched in and bought it on pay-per-view and paid a couple of dollars a piece and not have to see all these ads. Another thing that's funny, too, is that I'm used to watching fights and I'm used to seeing them go to the corners and sit there and talk to them and put the cold presses on their face and all that. But with this, you miss that. Like as soon as that bell rings, it goes straight to commercial. But yeah, all the... Um, all the Nicaraguans swear up and down that Pacquiao won and that he got robbed of the, of the victory. I mean, he was throwing some punches, but Mayweather was blocking. He, w- he wasn't connecting. So I was talking to Ronnie today about it. And he was like, oh, yeah, they robbed him. And, you know, he he should have won. He was a better fighter. But really, Mayweather, you know, he takes the, the rules of boxing and exploits them and uses them to advantage and, and wins by you can't really call it cheating, but for lack of a better word, it's cheating. I think it's unsportsmanlike. Whatever, he wins, he makes money, but I really wish Pacquiao would have tried to lay him out. I don't think he did. Everything was set up and the money was agreed to beforehand. But you didn't tune in to listen to me talk about boxing. Oh, it rained for the first time the other day. I think it was on the 28th of April. The The winds shifted and they were blowing onshore, so it was blowing from the ocean into the land, and it gets really still and super humid. And it does that for about two days, and then all of a sudden the moisture builds up, and it drops out, and it rains. And it rained for a good three or four hours at night. It started raining about 10.30 or 11. And everyone said it, and I hadn't been here to witness it, but everyone said that you know the first rain causes power outages because you got all these wires that have been... You know, they may have been repaired or spliced or whatever throughout the dry season. And, you know, they haven't tested their waterproofness because I guarantee you they don't use the same type of code that we have in the U.S. I guess here they just they make it work. And then if it works, they leave it. So anyway, so about, I don't know, 10, 30, 11 o'clock rolls around. I'm sitting outside. It's pouring down rain and the dogs are like going nuts. They're outside running in the mud, tracking mud all through the house. And I just finally gave up and cleaned it up the next morning. As I was looking off into the distance... I saw what I thought was lightning, big flashes. Well, really, I looked a little closer, and it happened a couple more times, was Transformers exploding. I couldn't see the Transformers, but I could see these huge balls of light, and it happened three or four times, and the power would be off, and then when you would see the big, huge ball of light in the distance, then the power beyond the lights were extremely bright, and then the ball would disappear, and the power would go back off. And then like 10 seconds later, it would happen again. And it would happen again. And I said, man, every time these transformers are blowing up, it's somehow getting power. 
to the house. I said, man, this is going to be a long time for them to fix this. I was thinking about the next morning, just waking up and going to a different town and just staying there until they get it sorted out. It was rough sleeping that night, man. No air conditioning, no power, no fan. And that was after I had been in Managua for 12 hours riding around in a taxi with no air conditioning. So to top it off and make it even worse, there's no water here when the power's out because it's a well and it's got a pump. And if you can't pump the water out of the well, you can't use the well. And that had already been a problem. Like the problem, actually the water wasn't out because there was no power. The water had gone out a little bit earlier. And what happened is the well water level dropped below the pump. So basically the well is drying up. So I didn't have any water. Whether there was power or not didn't have anything to do with this particular time. Um, So anyway, so I had to end up taking a bath in the swimming pool with soap and shampoo and washing the dogs off, washing all the mud off of them, and and then going to bed. But the house was still a wreck. I had to clean it the next morning. But they ended up getting the power sorted out after... I guess it was a full day after it happened, the power came back on. In the meantime, I still told them that, hey, we need some water out here. So, yeah, they're like, yeah, we're working on it. We're working on it. They show up with this gigantic tank. It's a big plastic tank. If I had to guess, it's probably around seven or 800 gallons in the back of a truck. And they just dropped it on the ground right in front of the garage. And they're going to use that to uh, supply the house with water until the well either comes back up or they can get down there and, and dig it down farther. So I asked him, like, well, how does, what happens when this tank runs out? And he said, well, they just bring another tank up in a truck with, full of water, and they just pump it into that one. And I asked him, I was like, well, what, how much does that cost? And he was like, well, you don't have to pay for it. I said, well, I know I don't have to pay for it, but I'm just curious to know what it costs to truck 700 gallons of water, you know, up a hill. He said, oh, not too much, like $18. So I'm looking at it thinking, I bet that tank will last me a month and a half, uh, depending on how much they pump into the swimming pool. But if they don't use the, pool, if they don't use the water to pump into the pool... I'm thinking probably a month and a half for 18 bucks worth of water. I'm, and I'm like, is that, might that be cheaper than paying for a water with a water meter? If you, you know, build a house like, man, just have three or four of those tanks and keep them full. A lot of people want to know what, you know, what the food's like here. What do I typically eat um, for each meal? So I started keep, kind of keeping track of, you know, interesting meals or, you know, things that I eat here that wouldn't eat at home. And the other day I was kind of craving some seafood. It was probably 430 or 4.45, somewhere in there. And I happened to be down uh, on the beachfront road, which leads directly to the port, which is where all the fish market guys are. And it's funny because they have like these little stalls, and they all have the exact same fish, and the exact same shrimp, at the exact same prices. Well, they'll, they'll tell you that, you know, our fish is better than theirs, and their fish is worse than ours. But in reality, all the fish came from the exact same place. And it's funny, like you walk up there, and you tell them what you want, and they'll hold it up. And uh, like in my case, I went there, and I said you know, give me some mahi-mahi and some shrimp. So they held up this, you know, they call it dorado or dorado. They held up this mahi-mahi and they skinned it, filleted it, put it in a bag. And uh, I think I got half a pound of shrimp. So for this giant mahi-mahi fillet and half a pound of shrimp, I want to say it was $9. And it could have easily fed two people, um, but I didn't eat any vegetables or nothing else with it. Just shrimp and fish, like straight up caveman. It was awesome. I just skewered the shrimp. I seasoned them with some lemon, some garlic, and a little bit of paprika. Put the same on the fish, um, and then uh, put a little bit of rosemary in the fish also. Drizzled a little bit of olive oil, stuck it on foil, cooked it on the grill till it was just one degree above cooked, threw it on a plate, and ate it all. Left nothing for the dogs except for some plate licking, but it was pretty good. I think it was right around $9. So if you split that between two people, add in some vegetables, you could eat for 5 bucks a piece. 
no problem. Delicious fresh fish and shrimp. The other day, someone asked me what, what I'm missing. Like, what am I missing about home? And then I started thinking about it. And I know that I'm going home soon. And I think it's kind of making it worse. And I'm starting to miss things that I typically don't crave or even think about. Like the other day, and I never, never eat fast food at home. Not often. Maybe once every month, month and a half if I have to. But it's never really, never really been my thing. But the other day, I was just sitting there just craving a Whataburger. I don't remember when that happened to me last, but it was definitely happening. I was sitting there having daydreams about a Whataburger with cheese and bacon and like a real Coke with no ice. And I'm thinking like, I don't ever get that. But I have a feeling that I might when I go home. Another thing that I'm missing is like airplanes flying over. Uh, living so close to the Conroe Airport back home, I used to see small planes flying over all the time. And it's always cool just to hear them and look up there watch them and then go back to whatever you're doing here. That doesn't happen. We're not in any major paths of airplanes or anything like that. Every now and then you see a helicopter going to the rich people area, but that, you know, you see the same helicopter over and over again. It's not nearly as cool as like the surprise of hearing the plane, looking up there and seeing what it is. So don't take that for granted. If you got some planes around you, just check them out and appreciate them. I think I mentioned also that I'm selling the Galloper. Well, I'm in the process of trying to sell the Galloper. 1997 Hyundai SUV with 250,000 kilometers on it. And it's listed on a few websites and on Craigslist. And I mean, I guess, I guess this is just the nature of selling things on Craigslist. But I get people who call and they're saying that they're going to come and they're going to be here tomorrow. And they negotiate a price and they call back and they want more pictures. And then they don't show up. They don't show up. They don't call. Uh, Jamie followed up with one of them because they didn't speak English and I didn't want to practice Spanish on him. So she called the guy and he said, Oh, I'm sorry, but I found out that my wife has cancer and we can't afford it. And I, I just kind of, I hope it's not true for the guy and his wife. And I just don't believe it. I just feel like that they, for whatever reason, they get scared, they get nervous and then they back out. But it's happened multiple times where people call, negotiate a price, which is fine with me. I'd rather negotiate a price up front. Of course, it's contingent upon them seeing the vehicle. In my mind, i figure out what I would take and make sure that no one's wasting anyone's time. Because if they come here and they look at it and we can't agree on price, then that was just a waste of both of our time. So anyway, so they'll negotiate the price, talk about it. I'll tell them everything that's wrong with it. I'll send them extra pictures. And they all want to see pictures under the hood for some reason. It cracks me up. Like, what are you really going to see from those pictures? You know, maybe they know something I don't. They're looking for looking for some kind of indicator but they all want to see picture on the hood. Yeah, so they'll waste your time, call you, call you, call you, not show up. And then when you call them back, they have some lame excuse. We'll see, though. I, I lowered the price from 5500 to 4900 and I would probably take 3900 just to get rid of it. Every time I hear, like, a new rattle, I'm just waiting for something to break. It's, uh, it's in pretty bad shape. So I think I briefly mentioned going to Managua the other day. Zach and Jamie and I rode with Gio which is another friend of ours. He owns a hostel here in town to Managua because uh, he had some stuff he needed to do. And we had to go file for an extension to keep the boat in the country operating its business for the next 30 days. So the way that it works is you get a 30-day permit and then you can get a 30-day extension. And after that, you have to leave the country, check in and then check out and then check back into Nicaragua. So it's become like a little process for us to, you know, we get back from a Costa Rica trip, then we wait 30 days, then we get the extension and then we, you know, operate for 30 days and we got to go to Costa Rica again. So this was the first time I have never been to do this. This was always Zach and Jamie would always take care of this when I was living in Texas. We went there. And this is the first time that they had to do it or that they were going to attempt to do it without the help of an quote-unquote attorney. So the first thing, well, we leave San Juan at like 6.30. 
in the morning. We get to Managua at like 9. Uh, we did stop at Burger King on the way in Rivas and have some Burger King breakfast sandwiches, and I totally regret it. They weren't good. They are were greasy, and I shouldn't have done it, but they talked me into it. So, yeah. So, anyway, we end up in Managua at like 9.30, and... Uh, Walk into this office, so I'm going to try to explain this process as best as I can. You probably won't get it. We walk into an office, and there's a a bunch of people waiting in a big number, you know, take a number and sit down and wait for your number. They knew, Jamie and Zach knew, we didn't go to that process. We walked over to a different table and signed in in a little book. And keep in mind, there's no one there to help you. Like, if you can't figure it out, you have to ask another customer or, you know, person that's there to conduct business. And this was the aduana, which is basically their customs office. One of two in Managua. So we walk in there, we sign in on the book and we wait and they come out and they call our names. We go in this little office. Jamie explains to the lady that we need to file the extension for the boat. And there's a little bit of mix up because Zach's there and I'm there. And on the paperwork, I'm shown as the owner and Zach is shown as the operator. So that kind of threw him for a little loop. So then they tried to tell us that we were going to have to come back tomorrow and that I needed to be here, and it didn't matter if Zach came or not. We then showed them the power of attorney that Zach has, the power of attorney to do everything with the boat. And she's like, okay, um, that's fine. He can, Only Zach can come. And then our next question was, can we please try to finish everything today so that we don't have to drive back the next day? And she said, well, we'll see what we can do, but I think we can probably accommodate you. But before we could get to that point, we had to go to the bank, which was, I don't know, next door and right down the road a little bit, and make a deposit to pay the application fee, which I think was like, $30 or something. And so we waited in line at the bank. We made the deposit, except it had my name on the deposit. Because the first person that we talked to at Aduana, the customs office, said that the deposit needed to show my name on the deposit slip. And then if Zach had to come back the next day, as long as he had the deposit slip, they would be fine. So we did that, made the deposit, take the slip back to Aduana, and met with a different lady who this time said, no. You guys cannot complete everything in one day and that I, Brandon, would have to come back the next day to complete the process. And to top it off, she tried to tell us that the deposit needed to be made in Zach's name if he wanted to come back the next day. So it's totally conflicting information. So our plans were that if we had to come back the next day, that it would be Zach. He had to come back to Managua to do some other business that he could do as well. So the plan was if anyone had to come back, it would be him by himself. So now we've gotten the sto- two different stories from two different people. But the girl that we were currently dealing with said, well, in order for me to keep going, it needs to be in someone else's name or it needs to be in Zach's name. That's the only chance of him being able to conduct the business the next day. So we go back over to the bank. We pay them $2 to change the name on the deposit slip. We go back to Adwana. And they said, okay, uh, we'll start processing it and come back at 3 o'clock to see for sure if we can finish it today. Well, about the time we, we just go to walk out the door, they're like, wait, 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 wait. So then we go back over to the desk, and they say, there's no way that we'll be able to process this today. So I started begging and pleading and saying, look, we live three hours away. Is there any possible way that you can, you can do it today? And she was like, no. And then she goes, and you, she points at me, it's going to have to be you. And I said, but you just, you just told us that he could do it. She's like, yeah, but it's, it's, it, he can't. There's too many problems. And I said, look, we've got the power of attorney that lets him do everything with the boat. And she's like, no, no. She wouldn't even read it. She wouldn't even read the power of attorney. She just said, no, no, that's just to operate it. And we said, no, no, it's, it's for everything. Like it's, He can sign on the boat. He can do whatever he needs to do with the customs. 
Anyway, um, they wouldn't even accept the power of attorney. So we begged and we pleaded some more. And finally they said, okay, that's fine. Come back at three o'clock. Okay. So we left. It's like 11 o'clock. We killed some time, came back at three o'clock and they were like, no, we're not going to be able to do it today. (laughs) This is the third person that we're dealing with who's now told us that we can't do it. So we begged, we pleaded some more and they said, okay, wait five minutes. So we sat there and we waited five minutes and then after five minutes went by, we got all the stamps, we got everything we needed to do, and we marched out of there. It was just like such a classic example of how things go here. You'll get different stories from different people. They'll give you reasons you've never heard before, and they'll tell you to do things that you've never done, and you just have to roll with it. Like I'm figuring out you can't buck the system. The only way that you can get things is by convincing them that they're doing you a favor, and you have to let them think that they have all the power in the world to screw you over but you'd be so grateful if they could just help you out. Basically, you're just groveling at these people's feet who are employee workers who feel this sense of like important um, entitlement or this, like they have a need for respect that I don't think that they would get otherwise. And so all you got to do is fulfill that, and they'll help you out. And so it's interesting to see how it works, and you can almost predict it like when you come across someone like, oh, yeah, this person's going to be difficult to sway or they're going to be easy to sway. And it's funny because these people aren't like people of power, but they really, really like it. They like the titles of their names, and they like the fact that they can walk back into someone else's office for 10 minutes and come back and, you know, have 30 seconds worth of information for you. It's, it's, uh, it's hilarious. It's super frustrating at times, but then when you get it all done, you have to high-five and laugh because it's such a circus. Speaking of circuses, I thought that I was ready to have a podcast with some guests in their day. And I, I still am, but I thought, like, technically, I was ready. But technically, <laughs> I wasn't. Uh, this this guy named, well, his name's Jerry. And uh, he's just awesome guy. I'm not going to say anything else about him other than he will be on here, um, hopefully the next time, next, next episode. But uh, he's going he's gonna to tell some stories. He's been around the block. And he's from Canada, lives down here. And he's just a truly interesting guy. But anyway, so he was over here, and I, I had him come up specifically to do this. You know, somebody I cook dinner, you know, we'll record a podcast. And this guy's old enough where he has no clue what a podcast is, and he doesn't care. But he said, hey, you're cooking dinner. I'll be there, brother. It doesn't matter. You can explain to me wherever, whenever I get there. So I was planning on having him up. Well, Zach came over in the meantime, and we were just hanging around, you know, shooting the breeze, doing nothing. And I hadn't heard from Jerry, so I wasn't really sure if he was going to really come up or not. But he showed up. And so I was like, well, I had this brilliant idea to do, you know, a podcast with Zach and Jerry at the same time. So I'm scrambling, trying to hook up all the mics and all this equipment that I'm not, I'm not versed with. I just know how to just get it to work barely, like just enough. I feel like I'm a 16-year-old that you hand the keys to a Ferrari because this is like some really technical stuff and I'm not all that technical. So it's like blazing hot in my house and it's the little setup is in my room. Um, and so the mics are so sensitive, you can't have any fans or anything on because it, it picks it up and you just sit there sweat like a slave. So they're kind of drinking beer, hanging out. And I'm scrambling around trying to get this stuff set up and I'm failing. And I'm not having success and I'm feeling kind of a little bit pressured. And so finally I just called it off. I said, look, we, we can't do this. Uh, you'll have to come back some other time. Zach left. Uh, Jerry and I ended up still cooking dinner, hanging out and having a good time. And Luckily, like I always say, like time is easy to come by down here. So I didn't feel bad for taking too much of his time because he's got plenty of it. 
So we're going to try again. Uh, it'll, it'll happen. I got it all working now. The next day, I figured it out in like three minutes. I just, I think I was hot. I think I was a little inebriated, and I was feeling a little pressure. So it was an epic fail. I, I needed to have that, though. I was feeling pretty confident in my podcasting abilities. But that little episode brought me right back down to earth. So be on the lookout for Zach and Jerry. Maybe just Jerry. The dogs have a new affinity with monkeys. They have discovered them. They know where to look for them. And they get really excited when they see them. Especially Bentley, who, you know, a squirrel was enough to make her crazy. Now, like, she sees these giant black things swinging around and jumping and, you know, moving the trees around. And she goes nuts. Yeah, the other day I looked back. I heard Bronco bark at something, and I knew he was barking at something and not just a sound. Like, I could tell he was seeing something. So I walked over there, and he's looking up uh, looking up a tree. And I, I said, man, if I was a redneck right now, I said, oh, the boy got him a monkey tree. Every time he sees a monkey, that son of a bitch is in a tree. But I didn't say that, but I thought it would be kind of funny. But anyway, so he had this monkey tree, and he was barking at it. And then here comes Bentley, and she's barking at it. And the monkey starts barking loud. And I was like, man, we should probably go away because if these monkeys wanted to, like if they outnumbered us enough, they could probably take, take all three of us. And that night I slept with the doors open and I heard these monkeys barking and howling all night. And I was like, man, if they wanted to come in here, they, they could. Luckily, no, no monkeys or people were injured. But it was, uh, it was pretty funny to see them. So now they run around the trees. And uh, when I say he's a monkey, you see the monkey, they all get excited and they start looking around. It's pretty funny. I wonder how many dogs actually get to see monkeys. I think that's just about going to wrap everything up for today. Um, what's going on this week? I'm going out Monday with a guy who's a developer slash builder in the area. Um, I uh, met him the other day and just told him that I'd be interested in learning how they build stuff down here because it's something that I'd consider getting into. And so it's kind of weird because I don't want to, tell someone, hey, uh, so I'm, I'm considering uh, doing what you're doing, and, and I'll be your competition one day. So I have to be real delicate about how I say it. And, you know, I just say, hey, I'm really interested to see how things are built here. And he seems like he's willing to kind of take me under his wing and let me ride around with him and ask questions. So I think it's a good starting point. I really uh, miss construction. I want to get back into it. Uh, there's a big need for home builders down here. And so, I, well, there's a need for quality home builders, in my opinion. There's a few of them, but I think that there's, a, there's room for one that uh, trained up first world standards, good communication, solid project management. So I think I'm going to dabble in that. So uh, Monday's that, and then Wednesday I'm going to Managua to PriceMart, which is like their version of Sam's. I haven't been there. I hear all this rave about how great it is and how you can get your first world fix and you know get your homesick foods and all that. So I'm going with the intention of buying some ribeyes. That's going to be my goal. I want to come back with ribeyes and maybe some pork ribs, I've got a deep freezer, but I'm scared that if I, if I go buy a bunch of stuff and I put it in my freezer, I'm just going to eat it all up. I can't ration it. So I'm going to have to be careful on what I buy, but I was really, I'm craving some steak. I'll, uh, I'll report back after I eat it. So that's what I got going on right now. Not, not too much. I suspect you're about to hear some dogs panting. I had the AC running for a while in my room, uh, about 38 minutes and I cut it off and it's still kind of cool. Yeah, you can hear Bronco panting. <laughs> so that's going to wrap this one up. We can't have a panting dog in the background. Uh, thanks for listening. Check out our website, nikasaleandsurf.com. Uh, check out our Facebook. I don't know what it's called, but Nika Sale and Surf. 
Come visit us in San Juan del Sur, Nicaragua. We'll take you sailing and surfing. Thanks again. Keep it tranquilo. You say clear now, devil's in your eyes. No time to walk, no time to talk, no time for long goodbyes. That ticket's in your hand, be that final call. Hollows flying by like punches in a bar and brawl. We made a mess of things, it makes no difference now. Shout it out to the blue. Little girl, thank you. Sit down, broken wings, and silly that.